what we're coming in to do, like our soul is on a journey to experience so that it can grow closer to God. That's what we're here to do. Welcome to another episode of Why Not Meditate podcast. I'm your host, Masako Kozawa, a teacher and a student of mindfulness meditation. I am so happy that you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're doing well. Well, it's been a little over one year since I moved from Chicago to Florida, and I feel like I am finally starting to settle in. And it has a lot to do with meeting like minded people locally. Some of you know this, but when I moved here, I did not know anybody. It was not like I had family or friends who lived here. But since moving here, I have been going to places that I am attracted to and also attending events that I am inspired to attend. And one by one, I have been meeting those I am supposed to meet. And it is not just moving and living in a new area to me. I left not only Chicago, where I lived for many years, but also left the career, the industry, the lifestyle, and also the relationship I was in. And I have been stepping into this new version of myself, a more authentic version of myself. So the people I meet now are naturally a very different group of people, but they are aligned with this current version of myself. And today's guest, Jeannie Street, is someone that previous version of myself would have not, first of all, met, and also probably would not have been drawn to. Jeannie is a God-based medium, healer, author, and creative. She calls herself a Catholic girl in an angel world. She works with the spiritual realm, embodying the Holy Spirit while illuminating divine compassion and love through her work. She has this beautiful gift to be able to see, feel, hear, and speak to both departed and celestial beings. Through her sessions and readings, Jeannie has helped thousands of individuals navigate through difficult events and transform their lives. Her deepest desire is to help people heal their pain and trauma and remember the state of unconditional love. And as Jeannie says in this conversation, that God, source, the universe, whatever you want to call it, always gives us what we need. I got the message I needed from God through this conversation with her. And if you are listening to this episode, I'm sure it's because This has the message or information you need right now. I am so honored and humbled to have met this beautiful soul, and I am so happy that I can share the gift of her message with you. So without further ado, please welcome my luminous friend, Jeannie Street. Hi, Jeannie. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you? Oh, I'm well, and thank you so much for having me. And it's so good to see you again and to be in your energy. Oh, likewise. So I met you in person last August at the beautiful retreat in California. And ever since I saw you, your beautiful hair, that was it for me to be attracted. And then I just wanted to go talk to you. That is so sweet. I feel like first off, the retreat was the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, I don't know if you feel the same way. Like, I just feel like I met so many incredible women and has opened up so many beautiful relationships and pathways. And it was a gift I gave myself and it keeps on giving. So yes, amazing. Um, And my hair is definitely a topic for sure. You know, everybody asks about it. It's kind of hilarious for me because for most of my life, I've been very insecure when I was growing up. You know, I was bullied. Just like most people, I was told I was ugly. I was uh, many different things. And so my hair, uh, natural, was brunette. And as I got older, in my 30s, my hair started going gray. And in my 40s, it started going really gray. So I decided to lighten it because keeping up with, like, covering the grays was, like, almost, like, impossible. 
And now in my 50s, my hair has naturally gone gray and the color has turned to this platinum blonde. My dad has this color hair. Growing up, my friends would be like, your dad looks like Phil Donahue. And he did. (laughs) He just always had that, you know, kind of glow about him. And I feel so blessed to have that now. Um, And it's also sometimes really uncomfortable. But yes, my hair attracts people. And (laughs) It's hilarious. So I'm not alone in that. (laughs) I know that you are God-based medium. Like, can I call you a psychic? So all mediums are psychic. Not all psychics are mediums. A psychic person can tap into the energy of the world around. A medium is going to connect with heaven. They're going to connect with holy beings, departed loved ones, Mm -hmm. ascended masters, right? So... There's medium and then there's God-based medium. For me, for growing up as a Catholic girl, I I would tell people I was a Catholic girl in an angel world because I've had the ability to see spirit my entire life, see angels, see Jesus, the Holy Mother. Um, I felt it was really important to define my work as being God-based. Like, I'm not going to do scary predictions. I'm going to be for that person that tends to be called to God. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean they, they use the same words or identify with the same religion, but they lean into knowing there's higher power and they want to be in that safety zone of that. Hmm. You said that you had the gift from the young age. And you're seeing basically like spirits around you, dead people. Yes. Yes. Was there like part of you like asking yourself, is this normal? Uh, Yeah, especially when you're little and you're having these experiences and other people aren't seeing what you're seeing. um, And you're sharing like, you know, I basically would have people come into my room at night and I would try to explain to my parents like I was having these visions or these people and you know, they didn't understand what I was communicating. And it wasn't the norm. And so you must be having bad dreams. It's totally like a natural reaction to a child, you know, especially back then, you know, not knowing or having the language and or me either, to explain it, it just go back to bed. And that would be one of the responses. And you know, even if that happened at school, the same type of thing, like, it doesn't really make sense. So I learned to think that I must be wrong. I must be lying. There, there can't be someone there. And I was terrified. I was afraid, but I had my soothing. I sucked my thumb. Um, and I did that till I was 11. I sucked mm. my thumb. And the only reason I stopped it because I broke my arm. Um, oh, no. <laughs> that, but that was like my comfort, my way to turn it off, so to speak, to, to turn off the scene. But I always had the knowing or in, and also in the dreaming, like they would come in my dreams. So, okay. So, the spirits were like the soul that used to exist in human body mm-hmm. and then crossed over and also angelic beings. Yes. So both. So twofold. I could, you know, have a holy experience at mass and see Jesus presenting there with the Eucharist. I could see angels gently guiding. Um, I could, those were kind of normal experiences that I thought other people saw too. I thought everyone had the knowing. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, being little, I didn't know there were two types of energy that we could tap into that were attracted to a light being. So people that have a gift, they're the light. They're like a lighthouse in the dark. And within the veils, there are those souls that are lost that aren't in heaven yet. They're transitioning and they might be stuck souls that are lost, low frequency souls that are looking for help and guidance will come to a light in order to help move into the heavenly realm to move to the veil. And then there are souls that cross over and go directly to heaven, because all souls are given an opportunity Mm -hmm. to choose God. And if they're not ready, we'll consider those like lost or misplaced souls, souls that are still working to get to that closeness to be in heaven. Those are the souls that might look to a light, to a source to help them because they're scared and they're alone. And obviously, if they don't have love, they don't have that unconditional love of God, then they are without perfection. They they are in need of something. So it can take on two different tones. So one can be more of a taking and the other be more of a love and gentle giving. So those that are looking for light or assistance, 
do they show up in front of somebody like you? They would show up with someone like me, someone that is that light. And I teach in my programs how to work with different energies. If you're called to work with those souls, then that would be something that you would do. I'm not called to work with souls that are lost, so、mm-hmm. to speak. I'm called to work with the heavenly realm. Like、mm-hmm. anybody that's in heaven, that feels right and good for me. Unless God presents it to me, unless it's like clear, black and white, like I need you to help this this lost soul, then I'll do it. But other than that, that's where I stay.、Mm-hmm. At some point on your journey, you just went through all of the experience, and you had the knowing, like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be focusing on, not other things. Yes, but it took a while, right? Because our paths are not super clear. At least mine wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, boom, boom, boom. We know some people have those experiences, and they they know exactly what they're going to do with their life. I did not have that experience. I. Got married young. I was a year out of high school. My husband and I got married. We dated in high school, and then we had our first baby nine months later, and then our second. So then we proceeded to have. We have four children all together, and we've built a life of beautiful. But when the kids were little, I was I was busy. Yeah, I was very busy in the doing and ignoring who I was. I didn't understand that other. I still didn't understand as a young adult. You know, my twenties. And into my thirties, that this the knowing was a gift. That was my form of connecting always. And so people would ask, like, "How do you know this?" And I'd be like, "How do you not know this?"、Mm-hmm. And then I would have the dreams of departed loved ones. So I had shut off my sight of seeing spirit, and it would only come in my dreams. And then I would have those really big experiences. I would see a, a loved one who crossed, or a friend's loved one who crossed, and and I would poo poo it. I'd be like, "No, everybody does that," until. All of a sudden, I was like woken up. I call these these nudges, and I talk about it in my first book. And it's like once I decided to look at it like this is something more than I believe, and I started listening to the angels and just like being like, okay, one little breadcrumb led like one little book over here, one little going to visit this one, going for a reading myself, starting to like lean in and going step by step by step, started to unfold until it made sense and I could start to see again.、Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, I'm so safe to do this. That's kind of how I just fell back into it. So in my 40s, I started working professionally full time as a medium. I started. You know, sharing the readings and the things that were coming to me, and it's just been beautiful. It's been so beautiful.、Mm. I've seen the imageries of your workshops and、mm. your art and what you speak of, and everything is beautiful.、Oh, like everything is very much you. Like you embody who you are in everything that you do and everything you create. What was that process like? Like accepting, you know, you mentioned that you felt like you were not pretty growing up, but well, at some、yeah. point you came into terms like the truth of who you are, so to speak.、Um, so I think growing up, you know, having the experience of being told you were ugly, funny looking, being different, I did have some learning challenges. I had a a reverse swallow, so I had、um, some speech stuff. I was hearing impaired, but really we didn't know exactly how hearing impaired I was. Just some, just some nuances, and which created more separation from I'm safe to be me.、Mm-hmm. And so when I started to start to express myself, it was uncomfortable. Certainly uncomfortable when you have a deep insecurity to to start to tell your story. So I wrote my first book. That was really challenging, like to put it on paper, to start writing and creating. But it also was like. An opening. It just released so much energy,、yeah. and it's like again sim- similar to like our little steps in our journey of like, oh, I'm going to take this class, starting to feel safe to, you know, write your words and put them out there. I remember the first video they guided me to do, and I like erased it. I filmed it and deleted it, and filmed <laughs> it and deleted it, and I was like, I can't do this. I'm not safe. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna just excuse me, but I was gonna just, <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there. And my connection is like those small moments that I spend with spirit, writing. Like if I get a download, I'll just print. Those are meditations, right? It's just stillness of like 
in that journal or in that walk outside. And then you get that download and then you take a right action towards it. All of that starts to open up and like, um, like a flower. So mm-hmm. then I started to feel like I just have to like move this energy out of me. I want to paint. So I started painting and, and I also downplayed it at the first because I didn't want to hurt other people that I knew that were artists feelings. And so I'm like, they're artists. I'm just a creative. I'm just, I started like doing that. And then I was like, you know, this is just me. This is doesn't have to be labeled. I don't have to label myself as a author or I'm all things that God says I am. So I'm just creating from that place of love, from that unconditional love, which is hard and good. And I don't always feel it. But when I do, that's when I know other people feel it. Yeah. That's when the magic happens. (sighs) Yes. Right. Mm. And I definitely would love to be in it more for sure. And I think that's why I was attracted to like, go to that retreat, like, like you, like, to just be in unconditional love, even if it's four or five minutes, two seconds, like it'll last you so long. Yes. And then to do three days in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The biggest reason why I chose to go to the retreat was to meet ladies like you. Mm. I usually shy away from gathering or networking events. Mm. Those are like my biggest nightmare. (laughs) I am Mm. very much of an empath. I'm highly sensitive and I'm an introvert as well. And I usually get overwhelmed with everybody's energy. And I don't like the elevator pitch talk or small talk. But that gathering was different. I knew that. I knew that I didn't have to guard myself. I knew I could just go in with my open heart and everybody would be open-hearted, heart-centered, and we're just going to love on each other and co-create beautiful moments. That's why I decided to attend. Yes. And I feel like the more we let go of like our business, and not this is going to speak to like, you know, entrepreneurs, women, like let going of like doing the tasks in these masculine ways, you know, like having such structure and doing it more energetically, where are we called? What is the next right move? What feels really good? I just had the same conversation with my team this morning about the flow of things. And like, if it feels right and good to do it this way, it's going to come in. I don't think we need to label everything and be so tight because otherwise it just becomes a duty instead of a an experience. And same for me, like I knew God was bringing me to that retreat for a reason um, to meet people, but I wasn't stuck on like, oh, this is for business. I was like, I'm just going. And the experiences were really more healing Yes. And then the profound other side of that was I'm still engaging with these women that I'm at. I'm still connecting and we're co-creating more energy. Wow. (laughs) I know, right? Right. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I love that because neither of us knew what exactly we were going to expect from that event until we went there and then until we came back from it Mm -hmm. and I think that's what I have found in the work that I do and the people that come to my retreats the same thing it's like well you can't give what you don't have number one like if you are doing everything the same always and you're just following a pattern you're going to have those same results and then you're ready for the up level you're ready for the shift then you're ready for more and that means maybe spending more money it means you know going outside of your comfort zone and and i knew taking my retreat to the next level required me to do some th- things new and i did and wow what the results like what i've seen is this past year was so deep and the women just, they came in not really having a full idea of what was going to happen, but the aftermath has been like friendships and connections and the safety to be messy and vulnerable and then to be professional. Like, yeah, how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, that was something I was looking for, but without knowing exactly what I was looking mm. for. And I was not finding elsewhere. 
I was working in legal industry and I could、mm. not find such a community within that industry.、Right. Everybody was competitive. I mean, essentially, all of the co workers are competitors in、mm. a way. And also, like mom friends that I've had, they could be very competitive.、Mm. And along the way, I kind of learned not to really have female friends. Mm. Women friends, because I felt like I had to be so like guarded up all the time. I didn't feel safe. But finding that the safe container was such a gift. I feel like it's such a gift to give that to our to the people that come to work with us as well to be authentic, to be messy, to let them see both sides. Yes, here's this part of me that is crushing and I'm confident and I know what I'm doing and I'm here. But also, you know what? This isn't 24/7. I'm messy today. I'm messy. And like, here's where I'm going. Here's what I'm falling or here's the things that I'm doing to show up and to lead by pure example. Like, life isn't going to be all like ease.、Right. Things aren't going to stop happening just because you get that dream job or you get that next client. Things are going to continue to flow. And it's the energy that you're in that's going to shift those circumstances and just show up for you. Like, if you're going to be able to. You know, make that goal or not. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you've gone through so much of journey as a human being navigating this through this physical being and also being in connection with the other realms. I would like to know、um, what's your basic understanding of souls? I recently、yeah. came across with the work of Caroline Mace. She talks about sacred contracts.、Mm-hmm. She talks about we come from this one source energy, this, this one thing, like God、mm-hmm. energy. And we kind of split from that source and we make contracts before we come into specific physical form. Before we descend to earth, we kind of make agreements like, hey, I'm going to meet you up sometime、mm-hmm. <laughs> down the road. I'll find you, you find me, and then we're going to have this lesson. You're going to have this lesson to learn, and I'm going to have this lesson to learn. And we're just going to go through the human experience, and that's what we're going to do. So let's go.、Yep. I want to know what you believe. So, what they have shown me, what I've tapped into is they gave me the vision of it's very similar. Yes, almost just like that. So they showed me like this view of like the Last Supper table, like this really giant table, if you can imagine, with our soul mapping. Each of our souls has its own mapping. And just like you would look at a physical map, there's going to be different, different towns, different cities, different, there's going to be rivers. And so that's the mapping of our soul. And we're going to have journeys of meeting and having relationships and this person and that and experiences. And it's between God and us. It's between source and our soul, what we're coming in to do. Like our soul is on a journey to experience so that it can grow closer to God. That's what we're here to do、mm-hmm. to remember more of who we are to grow closer to God. So people will talk about, oh, I want to, you know, I don't want to come back and repeat this pattern. Well, in agreement, like we do repeat other patterns. We do take in karmic imprints from past lives. Maybe if our soul needs to heal something, that will be part of that mapping. And then it's put into play. And as we come into this life, as we come through that birth canal, we were all birthed the same way in perfect, unconditional love. Yeah. We know only that. And so we might even say, you know what? I didn't know a little bit more. <laughs> How about a little bit more? And then we come into a family that has already experienced conditioned love. Yeah. And so that begins the journey of forgetting. Yeah. Forgetting love, forgetting God, forgetting who we truly are. And our journey then is like finding our way back, forging our way back, remembering, recalling. And that's part of this now. That's part of what we're doing here. You and I, this conversation, this very moment is remembering, okay. God said I was going to be perfectly aligned to have this experience and I'm worthy of this. And like for both of us to feel all of it、yeah. on that expansive level, like it's not just you and I having a conversation, it's you and I having a conversation with thousands of others who are feeling the same thing, knowing that they're coming back to their truth.、Mm-hmm. 
That's beautiful. Coming back into this warm hug of unconditional love. We can love them unconditionally because we're not seeing their circumstances. We're not judging. We're not, not, none of that is only love. You know, it took me 40 some years to come across that concept. Mm. (laughs) It's big, right? (laughs) I mean, Yes, we forget who we are. And we also get programmed to believe in the exact opposite Mm -hmm. through schooling, through life experience. But something happens at some point in our life that we will get reminded, we get nudged. Like, hey, maybe that's not really the way Mm -hmm. it's meant to be. Hey, maybe there's a different way of thinking or believing how do people come to that moment? To me, it was like hitting like hard things in life, almost like loss or grieving or... I think there's a, a moment opening. I feel like, look, we're given, we build in opportunities to remember love. And those opportunities, those experiences can be really hard, right? Yeah. You know, it could be a surgery. It could be a breakup. It could be... Yeah. And those aren't what you think they are. Yeah. There are moments where life stops and then you're get, you get to choose. So here's where your free will comes into action. Here is where we can tap into more of our, what do I really have the choice of? And mm-hmm. overall, the departed souls that I've read, I mean, thousands and thousands of people, the souls come through in the frequency of love. Yeah. So someone will come up and they'll be like, you know, does my mom know that I tried to make the best choice? And they don't come through grudging. They don't come through like, oh, I wish you really did this or where's the money? They come through only in love. They mm-hmm. come through to serve. And even if like their their soul left an imprint of like abuse or pain, they still come through in love. They come through with reverence. They come through, they'll bow their head for me. They'll show me respect for their soul. And like, if you're ready to hear from them, they're here. They want to impart love. And sometimes we're not ready for that. We're not ready to let go of the pain they inflicted. We are still holding them accountable and they're going to work. They're going to work to make it right. They're going to work in the frequency of love, not manipulation, not force, only in love. Mm. which is almost too big for us to really grasp what love is, what unconditional love is. Yeah. So if we believe that we all come from one source, right? then we are all connected to one another, right? So so your pain is my pain. My growth and your growth is others' growth. Like if we come in and we lean in, we can see that in union, we do so much better. Definitely. Right. Mm. But when we label, and this is the interesting thing about having a gift, you know, we're all gifted, we all have intuition, we all have abilities to, they're called senses, do tap into spirit if we so choose to, but we label them as bad or wrong. And then we try to protect ourselves from not having those holy experiences because we get exhausted. Mm. But there is a way to go in it with prayer, with reverence for self, because when you care for yourself, self-care, self-love is unconditional. It's like, I'm going to pray and meditate and raise my frequency before I enter that space, knowing I don't have to leave my physical body energetically to go into this chaos of other people's energy just to know them because we did that at a safety. Mm-hmm. When you're sensitive, you exit your body to read the room, to feel the energy because you're looking to feel a semblance of belonging, connection, and safety. It's trauma. It's a trauma thing. But when we learn to stay with ourselves and we learn to do that through meditation to fill back up, we know we are safe here. Then we can commune with each other. Then Mm -hmm. we can go and be like, hi, nice to meet you. Right? We start to feel that. Mm -hmm. So what happens when you meet new people? Since you have the gift of seeing and feeling Is it like almost constantly that you see the spirits? Because when I came in the way I did and I believed I was lying, I learned to shut my gift off. It was a gift. It was an absolute gift that I learned how to do that because I do that as an adult. Like I just, when I'm not working, I'm off. I call it my revolving door. I shut it off. 
Mm -hmm. So I can go out in public, I can do my thing. What has been a little bit trickier for me is the emotional part, because I would lead my life from the place of emotion all the time. Like I said, by exiting my body to go into a scene, feeling judged or criticized when really what I was picking up were the feelings of that person I was with. They were feeling that and I took it and tried to assign it as my own. Mm. Learning over time, I don't have to do that to be present with someone that I can hold sacred space in my body, trusting that I'm safe to be here and I can have a conversation, not needing to exit to read it, so to speak, because that was the old way to read it. Am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Knowing I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm safe here. I can have a conversation now um, mm. and go where God wants me to go. Right. And if that means, hey, I want you to read this person or I want you to walk away from this conversation or... <laughs> You know, everything is in the frequency of love. Nothing is like in a judgment. Mm. How do you receive the downloads usually? Is it the same for all of us? I wouldn't really know if it was the same for everyone. Um, you know, the way I walk through my program is I teach by what has worked for me. And mm. I have had no professional training. So I teach from the things that have worked. Mm. And that bring us into having those holy experiences. So the first and foremost thing I do is I bring them to the light room in heaven. And we do a lot of work, a lot of our readings, a lot of our connections in that space. So they're having holy experiences with the Holy Mother. Um, they're feeling very connected. And again, it's not about religion, but they are having those holy experiences and they're delivering from that point of view. And we talk about all of these things in depth of the ways we can deliver, the way we can receive. Some are through automatic writing. Some are going to be through the sense of sight. Some are going to be through the sense of, of hearing. But we talk about those senses and they know their most, they know their strongest sense and they know how to enhance it by leaning into the other senses to get the full bounty of the message. So mm. you might have like, you might have a knowing drop in, but if we stay with it long enough, it's not going to be just a one word or a sentence. It's going to go further. It's going to be like, okay, so now I'm getting more and more and more. It's quite yummy and, um, and really beautiful. I like that you said yummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's different from our intellectual mind telling us. Yes. So how, how I kind of explain it is like, you kind of move out of the way. You just kind of shift out of your perception of the world at the moment. And that's mm -hmm. when spirit comes through. And that's mm -hmm. channel. It's channeling. So there are two different ways we can go about channeling is just like totally leaning over, allowing everything to come through you. And you can take on the energy of that departed soul or holy figure. So you can feel and embody it. Mm -hmm. Delivering the messages is going to be a little bit different because you're going to receive it and you're going to deliver it. So it's not as much of a you taking on the energy. Okay. It can kind of feel like you're knowing in your intuition, mm -hmm. tapping in that's a psychic way, but we, we move it to heaven. So it's only in the frequency of love. So, you know, we can be lazy with our gift, so to speak, by only connecting to here on earth and reading the energy around people. But that is going to give us a frequency that's going to be in flux. It's going to have both the semblance of love and of fear yeah. because that's what the earth is it's a mixture right yeah. so you know we have evil that portrays into earth and then we have the universe which portrays from heaven and reflects that evil so we have a mixture so if we only go to universe for our messages we aren't going to be in the purest form so we raise up we move up into the heavenly realm to be in the frequency of unconditional love and that's when our readings and our connections will come through in a higher sense. So no predictions, never messing with anyone's free will, mm -hmm. never imparting anything that's going to hurt someone or leave them wondering. I think that's really important because if you are working on that, the earthly realm only, then it, it could get quite chaotic. Yes. And innocently, I mean, I think we all begin in that phase because this feels so real. Yeah. The physical feels, you know, and innocently, uh, you know, I thought that was it. But when I started to really like meditate and my angels were guiding me, they're like, more is here, more is in heaven, that is less. And so I was like, that's interesting. 
So let me play with that. And they started to uncover and show me like, here's this holy experience rather than this physical experience. Mm. So, you know, I think being, I call myself a healer, like being in that energy of a healer, I think in the beginning was like, oh, I can solve their problems or fix them. But really, that's ego. That's pure ego, right? Like to think I have that ability when it's the soul's journey to do that work. It's yeah. it's your journey to lean in. And if I can offer wisdom that helps you to put into action, that's a different story for you to come to that healing. Yeah, I think we each need to go through our own journey in our own way. Yes. And then go through whatever the shit that we <laughs> choose yes. to go through. Exactly. And if we bypass them, we probably have to go through the same thing again. Is that what you believe? Is there like a well, contract? I, I absolutely believe that our soul is here to grow and evolve closer to God. And if we don't learn those lessons, then yes, we repeat the pattern in a different way, in a new way, not to cause us pain and suffering, but to cause a different shift in perspective to awaken. So yeah. You know, you can say, oh, I keep having the same experience. It's just keep meeting like the same type of people. Well, this is about soul growth. This isn't about you being put into that victim role of like, that's the world's fault or something's wrong with you. It's more of, oh, hmm, what did it teach me? What did it show me? Um, this was really hard. This was really painful. Here they reacted this way. But how did I show up? How did, where was I? And we can only change our own energy. We can never change someone else. We cannot. Yeah. The breakup I recently went through was exactly that, that learning mm. that I needed to go through. And I think I have repeated the same lesson in the past. But this time around, I had the awareness that I didn't have mm. before. And I deeply realized that I have this abandonment wound. Mm. And the connection I had really triggered that wound. And he did not mean any of that. He didn't mean to trigger that wound. He has no idea. So it was half self-inflicted. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I couldn't have noticed it without his presence, without the interaction. Right. So there was a gift. Yes. And so when we find, when we seek love, when we remember that love has always been available in our heart situations, we can say, oh, you know, I was working with a really beautiful client and we were talking about this and she was just sharing, like, she's not complaining about her childhood or anything, but we went into this experience of like, we do all have trauma. And so we talked about what that looked like. And she was like, right. So I just wanted my mom to hug me. I wanted to be in this relationship. I needed love. I needed, and it wasn't warm and fuzzy. And then she shared that she had this really dear friend in high school that would hug her and would lean in. And she's like, I was so grateful that I had met this person. And I said, because see, God gives us what we need, not what we want. Mm -hmm. So you needed love, but your mom wasn't able to get there yet. She wasn't in that spot at the moment, but you're not receiving it. You received it in a different way. You're, we just label what we want. Like, I want this. I want it this. I want this. And he's saying, but this is really what you need. And you're receiving it. If we can recognize it, then more of that will come. Hmm. And then we'll feel filled up. And that actually helps the people around us to heal. Like. Yeah. We can do this. And that's what's happening right now. We're healing in real time. This is a, a very fast, um, I call this the age of the healer. We're, we're like healing the old and we're standing in the heaven now. Like mm -hmm. instead of waiting to do it, when we're departed, we're doing it in real time. Was that not a case? Like let's say 50 years ago, 30 years ago? Right. This is a brand new space. I don't know if you've noticed it, but we are in a very heightened space. People are really awakening to their gifts of really understanding there is this higher consciousness, God, light, union. And then there's the opposing energy that's really trying to pull and hold back and, and trying to say like, you know, my rights, you know, my this, and they're still holding on to that. But the collective is coming together more and more to be like, we are together. 
We are in union. We are love. Yeah. (laughs) Even I am aware of that now. I wasn't three years ago. (laughs) And that makes a huge difference. Well, personally, in my own life, like going through a breakup, for example, that's a totally different experience if you have that awareness that the Mm. other person is not really there to hurt you on purpose. Right. I mean, we shift the victim mentality, we heal the victim mentality. It's not the I, it's the we. mm -hmm. So just you came in union together also for him to share something with you, whether that was a hard lesson, whether it was love, whether it was an experience, it's a we. But when we separate it and make it about the I, we individualize it, we victimize it, we forget love, and that's conditional love. Yeah. We put conditions on it. So opening up what we're what we're noticing is hmm, can I flow with no conditions? Can I flow with compassion? Can I flow with forgiveness? That's unconditional love. That's beautiful. Hmm. So what happens at your retreat and what kind of people are like meant to show up at your retreats? So the people that tend to come into my programs are very similar to you, very similar to me, where they've had sensitivities their entire life. They may have had a holy experience of vision. They're intuitive and maybe even doing some readings, maybe even like playing with that healer energy. And I also have those women who are mastering their gifts. So I have a level called my mastery and those women are mastering who they are. And that's a year long program. And the other women start and we go some energy where we go through frequency, we go because connecting and, and channeling all of this is frequency. And we start yeah. cleaning up our lives from the point of filling up through mm-hmm. meditation, vibrational eating. So there's different parts. And then the retreat itself are those people that are in the program. They they come to that retreat. I do have people from the outside um, when they don't want to be in the program. They just want to come off to that retreat as well. But they are ready. They're in, again, like they understand energy. They're not, yeah. it, it has to speak to them. Like they're not just coming for, you know, a blank. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, they're like ready to have a, a holy expansion and be with other women to lean in to do one-on-one work with each other because we do some breakout stuff and that experience it's three full days it's it's quite intensive and very thought out so we put a lot of energy and we do it once a year in november okay um yeah so once a year it's big so so we have a wait list going now and typically right around between 20 to 30 people that come Okay. And then the program is, is that you said there's a year long program. So the year long programs, I'll tell you how, how I've been running. So we start with the angel healer training and that meets, you can do digital now that runs all year. You can sign up whenever you want. And then we also release it for live version in September. So we start that and we spend six weeks going through the content at which leads us right up to the retreat. So we're on those Zoom calls together. They're getting the um, the digital content as well. They're getting emails and they're connecting in our private boxer group. They're really getting to know each other. And then we come together in union at that retreat in November. From that retreat, we start the mastery the next month. So okay. the mastery doesn't start until until January, but we do give them the December one as like the bonus if you sign up for the mastery early you get in early but typically it starts january and we run that year wow yeah so and it's intense um and they have the mastery will have their own retreat as well in june do those people like find themselves totally different at the end of the program absolutely it's so amazing to watch these women bloom i have one one woman coming through the program again for the second time because i'm different now she knows me and she's like, you're teaching at a whole nother level. I have to be part of this. So, and then it's just fun to kind of like have that holy experience with her again. Um, But some people will, they'll just, they will all come back to that retreat. That's all right. That retreat keeps growing um, if they can, because that in itself too becomes like the home, the place to go, the, the expansiveness. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that sounds yummy. Like <laughs> you describe it. <laughs> so much fun. And then I do work privately with people. Like I do private one-on-one sessions and readings and we do group readings and I mean, I'm going to be doing my readings in everything that I do because that's in the teachings, everything. So once inside, that's just a natural occurrence. You know, yeah. we I call them the angel seats. It depends. Like we're, we're on a Zoom, we're hopping, people are getting on that in that angel seat. So we can dive in and do those readings. We can dive in and go a little further with what are some sticky points? What are they healing? What are they challenged with? Sounds amazing. What would yes. be the main message that you want to leave behind? That unconditional love is available for everyone. And we can receive that through messages from our departed loved ones. We can receive that through diving in and trusting ourselves and the wisdom that God has placed within us. Mm, beautiful. I will include all of your contact information on the Thank description. You. Beautiful. Um, what would be the best way, though, to get in touch with you? I feel like the best way is either, you know, going to my website, geniestreet.com. And I'm loving Instagram lately. So come find me on Instagram, Genie Street Medium. You can send me a DM. Let me know that you're new there and we will welcome you in. Yes. And I love your podcast, Angels Don't Lie. Thank you. Yes. I have so many different like things which you can find on. <laughs> you know, and freebies that you can find on the website. We've co-created my team and I to have so many things available for the people that come to us. So whether the podcast is it, you, you're not able to do a one-on-one reading, you're going to receive what you need to receive. You can join my Facebook group where I pop in once a month and we, we offer maybe readings or a card reading just really beautiful support and inspirations are served in there as well. And then in the public, we share as much as we possibly can. Yeah. Just so much love that that's the goal. Just how much love can we share in one day? <laughs> mm. Oh, that's worthwhile goal to have. Mm. How much love can we share today? Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing your presence with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm so honored and grateful to have met you. Me too. All right, love. Well, thank you so much. I hope you received what you needed. Here are the takeaways. Number one, all mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. A psychic person can tap into the energy of the world around, while mediums connect with the energy of the higher realms, such as heaven holy beings, departed loved ones, or ascended masters. Number two, you might have gifts that you have been suppressing because they were not acknowledged or accepted by your family or the society at large. And the journey of going back to and reactivating the gifts might not be straightforward. Follow your intuitive nudges and inspiration and eventually down the road, you will be able to connect the dots. Number three, activating or reactivating your gifts might be a long process of taking one small step at a time. And each of these steps might be outside of your comfort zone. However, after each and every little step, you will gain a certain amount of confidence and reassurance. Number four, You do not have to put a label on what you love to do. For example, you might enjoy writing, but you might hesitate to call yourself a writer. The labels do not matter. Just do what you enjoy from a place of love. Number five, when we see everything we do in life as an experience rather than a duty or a never-ending to-do list, our life will become more beautiful and profound. Number six, taking any area of your life to the next level will require you to do something new or uncomfortable. And you stepping outside of your comfort zone will also impact or inspire the people around you. Don't take it lightly. Number seven, we come into this world only knowing unconditional love. But in the process of growing up, we forget that and we spend a big part of our life going back to the original state. 
Our soul has incarnated into our current physical body to be on a journey to experience so that we can grow closer to God. That is what we are here to do. Number eight, throughout life, we are given opportunities that would urge us to take a pause and use our free will to remember the truth of who we are. And those opportunities are usually disguised as something very hard, such as a breakup or losing a job or diagnosis. Number nine, you know when you know something for sure, but you cannot really explain why or how? That's you receiving a message from the Spirit. Some people call it a download, and we all are receiving downloads one way or another, whether we realize it or not. Number 10. The hard things we go through in life hold the lessons we need in order to grow and evolve to the next level. If we don't learn the first time, we will be given another opportunity until we finally learn that particular lesson. Remember, in life, we are always given what we need. Number 11. How much love can you share today with yourself, your family and friends, and everyone and everything around you? That is a worthy goal, don't you think? I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more about Jeannie on her website at geniestreet.com or on her Instagram at geniestreetmedium. She also has a podcast and private Facebook group. They are both called Angels Don't Lie. I will leave all the links on the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. If this conversation touched you or inspired you in any way, please let me and Jeannie know. You can DM me on Instagram or take a screenshot of this podcast episode and share it on your Instagram story and tag us. We would love to hear your feedback. And if you know someone who can benefit from listening to this episode or this podcast, please share it with your friends. I hope you have an amazing week and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and leave a review. Also, share the episode with a friend who might benefit from meditation. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, why not meditate?